Sherman Young with a laid-back tongue The aim is to succeed and achieve at 21 Just like Ringling Brothers, our days in a sound Captivate the cause the pros is profound Do it for the strong, we do it for the meek Boom it in your boom it in your boom it in your Jeep Or your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz the rave Hi guys, your welcome and your friends. to another episode of the Rojan Kim cast It's me, Rojan Kim I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize if my voice sounds weird if uh, you don't like it, uh, fuck it. Yeah, turn this shit off. I don't know. Anyway, um, I wanted to do this podcast about jazz. Why? Why jazz? Why? I don't know. It just struck me. You know, first of all, I feel like podcasting is a weird medium. It's a weird form. Like, it, um, I was really inspired by joe rogan uh joe rogan's podcast is great but it's like free form no real structure it's just conversational it's like three hours long you know it's just and not everybody can pull that off right you need somebody who's a really good talker like joe rogan and somebody who can um carry that much time right could i carry three hours uh i don't i don't think so i don't know i mean i don't know i mean if i was forced to maybe i could but right now i don't think i even want to do that Right, I could barely sustain. I could barely play video games for three hours. That's that's not true. I could do probably eight if I was really. What's the longest video game session you've ever had? You ever remember one of those like marathon video game sessions when you're younger, maybe or maybe just recently, but like it's fucking twelvers, sixteens, like like you're going to work, like you're clocking in, right? You're just fucking putting in work. Fuck it, what? <laughs> He's play hours of, I play hours of Goldeneye, okay, NBA jams. Is that what that was? Like Nintendo sixty four. I remember playing just like hours and hours and all manner of substances. This was probably college. Yeah, just fucking just fucked up. Or even when I was younger, I remember playing Zelda for like twelve hours straight. Okay. Oh, I got a little sidetracked. This is not about jazz, but you know, jazz guys would play for twelve hours straight. Huh? There's a connection. Um. So. Why? Why this jazz? Um, I watched uh, Ken Burns' jazz. Um, oh my god, I am rambling. Okay, I'm back up here. I was talking about podcasting. Podcasting, <laughs> this is a case in point. Podcasting is not easy, okay? It's not easy. Sometimes you got to have uh, structure. I think the thing about Joe Rogan is it's like free form, but there's another person, so at least it's, uh, you know, somewhat of a back and forth and there's some place you can find some ground. Um, but then there's like Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr does a solo podcast where he just rants, you know, for like an hour. Uh, and he also, you know, his last podcast, I remember him being like, you know, I got to remember to finish a thought. Like I got to remember. So that's hard. It's not, if Bill Burr has trouble finishing thoughts on his podcast, him a master comedian over 20 years, Fucking top of the game, probably. He's fucking Netflix special off the chart. If that guy has trouble finishing a thought, then fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go, man. I'm okay. I'm all right. You know, another guy who really influenced me was Mark Maron. Uh, obviously, is another podcast titan. Uh, the thing about Mark Maron's podcast, though, is that I always skip his intro. Is that bad? That's bad, probably. I bet you guys might do that, too, if you're into, you know, the parts where I interview people, maybe you 
skip ahead. He's kind of whiny. He's kind of whiny. You know, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's just, I think it's a taste thing. I don't know. It's not my thing. Um, but I love his interview style. His interview style is amazing. Um, and then another monster in the podcast world, Dan Carlin. Fucking Dan Carlin and his Hardcore History podcast. Like, I, oh, the cons, Wrath of the Cons, Ghosts of the Ostrunt, uh, Death Rose of the Republic. Oh, just amazing. Hours and hours. Well researched, well thought out, well narrated you know, podcast material. And it's like, and you learn, you learn shit. So I feel like part of my problem was I, I've wanted to do it all. Like I can't really decide on a specific method or whatever. So I just, you know, created this umbrella podcast, Roshan Kim cast, where it's just me fucking doing whatever I want. And I guess that's it. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm doing whatever I want, man, because I'm just doing me. That's all I can do. You know, I, I, I can't fit myself into these certain molds, even though those molds weren't even molds to begin with. They're just It was just sort of probably um, an intuitive ad hoc thing that was formed, right? You know, I doubt any of these podcasting guys were, like, sitting down and, like, going, hmm, how should I do that? You know, except for Carlin, of course. He, his is the most structure but even him you know i'm sure there's some free form some jazz if you will and that brings me to the subject of the day jazz what the fuck is jazz man what is jazz i don't know i don't know what it is that's not why i'm here i i can't answer that um but you know who did a good job of almost answering it was ken burns ken burns his jazz documentary highly recommend it if you care about black history and it's black history month it doesn't have to be Black History Month, goddammit. If you care about it, watch it. It's because it's American history, and it's quintessentially American. Dude, let me play you this clip. Let me play you this clip, bro. All right, like, I'm going to play a clip. I'm gonna, this is something I'm experimenting with, okay? So I'm going to play you a clip from the intro to the first episode of the jazz documentary. Check it out. It is America's music. Born out of a million American negotiations between having and not having, between happy and sad, country and city, between black and white and men and women, between the old Africa and the old Europe that could only have happened in an entirely new world. It is an improvisational art, making itself up as it goes along just like the country that gave it birth. It rewards individual expression, but demands selfless collaboration. It is forever changing, but nearly always rooted in the blues. It has a rich tradition and its own rules, but it is brand new every night. It is about just making a living and taking terrible risks, losing everything and finding love, making things simple and dressing to the nines.
it has enjoyed huge popularity and survived hard times. But it has always reflected Americans, all Americans, at their best. Jazz, the drummer Art Blakey liked to say, washes away the dust of everyday life. Above all, it swings. Dude, that's fucking amazing. Like, if somebody could just break it down like that to you, and I mean, specifically, Keith David could break down. I mean, he could talk about Jello, and I'd be like, "Yeah, man, fucking Jello, yeah." <laughs> All that jello. Give me that jello. Jello is America. Which you could totally make the case for, um, including with Bill Cosby. He's part of that too. He's part of the fabric of our country. Anyway, um, so I think, what is it that attracted me to jazz? I don't really listen to jazz. I'm just, that's full disclosure. I don't, I'm not like a huge fan. Like I really, in fact, to be brutally honest i didn't finish the jazz documentary i only watched like half of it because i got to the point where it was like the 60s and the 70s and then all the jazz is becoming like real abstract and everything's like and then it just got like really really depressing and everybody's dying and fucking overdosing and shit and then i was like okay i need to take a little break it's brutal it's a brutal harrowing harrowing (laughs) it's a brutal harrowing ride through american history like, these are goddamn geniuses. Musical fucking geniuses making shit up out of nowhere. Like, out of the pain and the joy of life and expressing it. Fucking improvising through self-expression, musical expression. And a lot of these guys couldn't even sit at the places that they were performing in. Right? A lot of these guys... Mo- well, a lot of these guys mean the black ones. The black, black guys, they fucking... You couldn't even own a business right you can do shit so then you'd have to deal with like shady other like louis Ar- louis armstrong like the goddamn he's a musical genius like if you listen to louis armstrong you it's not <sighs> what he's doing is not easy but the man was like an illiterate orphan like he's you know intuitively coming up with this music the guy, he couldn't own his own business. He couldn't, he wasn't allowed to because of segregation laws. You know, he couldn't do business with white businesses or whatever. So he had to have a, a business manager. And the guy was like basically tied up with the mob. He was like a crooked dude. This guy took 60% of Louis Armstrong's earnings, right? Louis Armstrong was making 40 cents on the dollar for his work, right? And it got to the, and it was like told the story of one time he was working so much that his lip fucking split at the bottom he plays the trumpet and shit. He's like lips split and there's blood everywhere. And fucking, he can't get medical care. There's no medical insurance. There's no, there's no black people at hospitals back then. They had to segregate everybody. All right. So anyway, jazz is fucking the concept, the idea. It's fucking amazing to me. And there's something that really interests me because, as a comedian, as a, as a person interested in the comedic arts. Um, I, there's something that calls out to me in the essence of what makes jazz. Alright, here's a dude smarter than me talking about it. Jazz music celebrates life, human life, 
the range of it, the absurdity of it, the ignorance of it, the greatness of it, the intelligence of it, the sexuality of it, the profundity of it, and it deals with it. In all of its, it deals with it. You know, it's the ultimate in, in rugged individualism. It's going out there on that stage and saying, it doesn't matter how anybody else did it, this is the way I'm gonna do it. I think that's true of all art, man. I mean, I think that's true of comedy, uh, music, you know, painting, whatever, whatever, writing, the, the truth. Truth is what drives, I don't know, real art, I feel. Because otherwise it's, mm, I don't know, otherwise it's left wanting. There's more you could be saying. That's why, to me, commercials aren't art, because it's not. they're not telling you the truth. They're telling you what you need to hear in order to buy their shit. There's always the ulterior motive of buy our shit, right? There's, that's so, when it comes down to it, if you got the truth versus buy our shit, you got to pick buy our shit. That's like the nature of it. So I'm talking about truth, right? I'm talking about truth in comedy, truth in music, truth, justice in the American way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, so I'm ranting. Dan Carlin doesn't rant. Uh, but I'm not Dan Carlin. I'm doing me. Yeah. All right. So jazz. All right. Here's something that really caught my ear um, and my eye. Uh, about jazz so like what is jazz like musically just literally what is it right what is it um so there's this part in the first episode of ken burns's jazz where winton marsalis breaks it down check buddy it out. bolden invented that beat that we call the big four that that skip on the fourth beat or so legend has it the big four is when you accent the second fourth beat of a march in a straight strict march you'll be going don't 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 with the big four you go don't 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 go don't 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 go don't so on that fourth beat the drum and the cymbal hit together wait so go back a little bit with the big four you go don't 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 go don't do you hear that go don't does that sound familiar what is that go don't here let me play you another clip i just lost five grand i dropped my false teeth in the toilet I tell you, my dentist is so expensive. Right, it's a rim shot. Right, rim shot, like for jokes and shit, right? Like, uh, one day I want to have a TV channel where I only play TV shows about jazz's golden age. I want to call it All Jazz Era. See that that rim shot? It's fucking crazy, right? This is fucking, but it makes sense. Like that's the thing that you know separates a with the That's that's there's freedom in that downbeat. There's playfulness. There's a, a wink, a nod, but it's also like a launching pad to do stuff. Is to 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 skiddly bop a doo wop you know what I mean? Like to, to, to just be free, free form. Um, but within that structure, like, anyway, well, okay, so I'm, I'm continually rambling on about jazz. Dude, I'm not an expert. I'm just talking about something that really caught my attention. Because I feel like in comedy, like my favorite comedians, or the ones I look up to, there's that same transition in their work. Like, check out, um, here, I'm going to play you, here's a clip of Richard Pryor back in, like, 1960, like, his first TV hit. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you a few things about myself, because a lot of you probably don't know me. I'm not a New Yorker. My home's in Pure, Illinois. And, uh... Okay. I'm from an average-type family. Eleven kids. No mother and father, just kids. When I was young, I used to think my people didn't like me, because they used to send me to the store for bread, then they'd move. And here's a clip of George Carlin, early on, on The Tonight Show. And now with the latest in weather, here's Al Sweet, your hippy-dippy weatherman. <laughs> hey, man, what's that mean? <laughs> Kay Possum! <laughs> Al Sweet here, and I imagine some of you were a little surprised at the weather over the weekend, uh, especially if you watch my show Friday night, man. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for the weather, especially to the former residents of Rogers, Oklahoma. But it's funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's like, you know, um, friendly. It's kind of safe, you know. It's like it's 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 funny, but it's like you know, it's it's made for TV. Um, now here's some Richard Pryor later. The cops put a hurting on your ass, man. You know. They really degrade you. White folks don't believe that shit. Don't believe cops degrade. Oh, come on. Those beatings, those people are resisting arrest. I'm tired of this harassment of police officers. Because the police live in your neighborhood, see? And you be known them as Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson. Going bowling tonight? Yes, uh, nice pinto you have. <laughs> Niggas don't know them like that. See, white folks get a ticket, they pull over. Hey, officer, yes. Glad to be of help. Here you go. Nigga got to be talking about, I am reaching into my pocket for my license. Because I don't want to be no motherfucking accident. <laughs> Police degrade, I don't know, you know, it's awful. You wonder why a nigga don't go completely mad. No, you do. You get your shit together. You work all week, right? And then you get dressed. You make, you may say, can't make $125. We get $80 if he's lucky. <laughs> right? And he go out, get clean, be driving with his old lady, going out to a club, and police pull over. Get out of the car! That was a robbery! A nigga looked just like you! <laughs> all right, put your hands up, take your pants down, spread your cheeks. <laughs> now, what nigga feel like having fun after that? <laughs> oh, let's just go home, baby. You go home and beat your kids and shit. <laughs> you gonna take that shit out on somebody. And here's some George Carlin. Well, a lot of things have happened since the last time I saw you. I just want to talk a little bit about that war in the Persian Gulf. Big doings in the Persian Gulf. You know my favorite part of that war? It's the first war we ever had that was on every channel plus cable. And the war got good ratings too, didn't it? Got good ratings. Well, we like war. We like war. We're a war-like people. We like war because we're good at it. And you know why we're good at it? Because we get a lot of practice. This country's only 200 years old, and already we've had 10 major wars. We average a major war in this country every 20 years, so we're good at it. And it's a good thing we are. We're not very good at anything else anymore. Can't build a decent car. Can't make a TV set or a VCR worth the fuck. 
Got no steel industry left, can't get health care to our old people, can't educate our young people, but we can bomb the shit out of your country, all right? Huh? We can bomb the shit out of your country, all right? Especially if your country is full of brown people. Oh, we like that, don't we? That's our hobby. That's our new job in the world, bombing brown people. Iraq, Panama, Grenada, Libya, you got some brown people in your country, tell them to watch the fuck out or we'll goddamn bomb them. Well, when's the last white people you can remember that we bombed? Can you remember the last white, can you remember any white people we've ever bombed? The Germans, the Germans are the only ones. And the only reason for that is because they were trying to cut in on our action. They wanted to dominate the world. Bullshit, that's our fucking job. That's our fucking job. Both of these guys talk about how, in the beginning, they were doing things that they thought people would find funny. You know, they, they were sort of doing it for other people. But then they both underwent personal transformation where they decided to just talk about things going on in their lives or things that are really affecting them, you know, the, to tell the truth, to tell the truth, essentially. So, I don't know. I just feel like jazz is awesome. <laughs> and uh, it totally, there's just something there, you know. It's like the uh, part of what makes America America, part of what makes American comedy American comedy, part of ma- what makes American culture and art distinctly American, I think, comes out of the same roots as jazz. You know, jazz is that first expression of the 20th century, the the sort of, you know, the newly freed uh, slaves or sons and daughters of slaves, you know, mixing with immigrants, mixing in the cities, mixing music, making new music, a music that's improvisational, you know, individualistic, but within um, a structure, you know, at least at the beginning. That's the stuff I really like. The later stuff, you know, like I can appreciate intellectually uh, Miles Davis and Coltrane and that's, you know, that that's how much of a loser I am about the jazz stuff because I don't fucking know any of the cool, who are the real cool guys, you know, you know, and just soundscapes and all that. I understand it intellectually, but I just can't rock out to it. You know, I can't, I can't deadlift to that son. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah, jazz, comedy, it's fucking awesome. You know, another thing about jazz is that there's this whole weed component too. Jazz and weed, deep connection, right? Jazz men were smoking reefer, right? They were smoking reefer, black and white people hanging out in music clubs, listening to jazz, smoking reefer, right? Their minds probably, the weed back then probably wasn't that good, but it was probably good enough for the worm to turn, you know? I mean, they start thinking, hey, man, there's all this weird, why are they separating us whites and blacks, man, when we can just groove out to this cool music, daddy-o? That might be a a, a little snippet of conversation somebody might have had, you know, in these rooms. And what happened? What do they do? They doubled down on segregation laws, and they made marijuana illegal. Who is they? I don't know who they is. But, well, the federal government. (laughs) federal government did that. States doubled down on Jim Crow. Um, even in LA, uh, in LA, Central Avenue is a huge spot. And this was the 50s, 1950s, a little later in this whole period. But in the 1950s, people were gathering in cafes, beatniks, you know, and black dudes, not 
black dudes, whatever. Black people and white people were intermingling because of jazz. And the cops came in, busted it all up, and then reinforced these segregation laws, right? Created white-only zones and whatever. This fucking bullshit to keep people apart, right? Because music, weed, that stuff brings people together. Booze, too. I mean, all of it. Yeah. It's just you let people hang out, and they realize, oh, they're just fucking people. And we both like this music, and we both smoke weed. Fuck it. Having a good time, right? So, yeah, like Louis Armstrong, huge pothead, huge, huge pothead, huge pothead, and everybody op- just knew, everybody fucking knew, <laughs> and it's fine. And, like, dude, check this clip out. Actually, I haven't had a chance to talk to <laughs> Mr. Armstrong before the show, but we had a great discussion about it. I just asked one of the folks in the show, Bob Back, I said, well, what is, what is Louis Armstrong going to do? Of course, he's always going way up. <laughs> <laughs> way up. Is that the highest you could get? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why, did, why don't you let me say thank you? Uh, I'm only sorry you weren't going to be here with us longer. I wish you could have gotten higher, but why don't you go over and say hello to the folks? Well, I'll get higher next time. <laughs> <laughs> How high was he? Very subtle, right? Very subtle. You know, kind of like back then when they had, like, obviously gay dudes that, you know, and they'd joke around, you know, um, I don't know, just like... I'd like some of that, or I don't know what the fuck that was, but like, you, you, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. They had guys who were like, so obviously gay, but they'd never come out and say it, but that was part of the whole joke, right? So that's like with Louis Armstrong, man. He was such a huge stoner, you know, that everybody knew it, but they're cool with it because they're like, dude, listen to this guy. This guy's a fucking genius, right? Even Ella Fitzgerald used to sing weed songs. There were weed songs back in the day. Um, and uh, maybe this is a good opportunity to shuffle on out of here. You know, I'm going to play uh, this song that Ella Fitzgerald sings about loving weed, you know, and I love weed too. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you've been um, enjoying this winter as much as I have. Um, it's fucking cold. It's been cold. I have a uh, I have a comedy show. <laughs> Come check out my comedy show first Monday of every month at Auto Shrunken Head in the East Village, New York City. I got another comedy show first and third Tuesdays of every month, Red Star and Greenpoint. Check that out. And really, just whatever. Follow me on Twitter, man. Again, thanks for listening to my podcast. I appreciate it. Um, and I will check you out. Next time, Daddy O. My fur goes full, oh Lord, ain't it cold? But I'm not gonna holler, cause I still got a dollar, and when I get low, oh, I get high. My man walked out, now you know that ain't right. Well, he better watch out if I meet him tonight. I said, when I get low, oh, I get high. All this hard luck in this town has found me. Nobody knows how trouble goes round and round me. Oh, I'm all alone with no one to pet me. But old rockin' chair ain't never gonna get me. Cause when I get low, oh, I get high.